Welcome to the JVB Health and Wellness Podcast. On today's podcast, we discuss a number of topics that people are thinking about currently. The first is we talk about people getting vaccines if they've already had COVID and the timing there and what uh, people have been saying to them about when they should get the vaccine. Second is, is it time to go back to the gym and work out normally? People are starting to really want to do that. There's been a lot of people that have been going to the gym for a while now, making appointments, distancing at the gym. I think a lot more people now want to go back to the gym. And so we talk about the pros and cons of that. And I think the biggest takeaway is you need to do due diligence on the gym you want to go to. If they are following the proper protocols and are doing the right things, then you know people said they'd feel a lot more comfortable going to the gym than if... They aren't. We talk a little bit about Disney World. One of our participants went for six days in a row. That's real dedication. We talk about when the best time to eat is. And there is some evidence out there in a recent study. Now, keep in mind that lots of different studies can say lots of different things. But this study talks about showing evidence that people had a lower risk of type 2 diabetes if they ate before 8.30 a.m. And many of you that have worked with me over the years know I always talk about eating breakfast. I'm a big proponent of eating the oatmeal plus at least five different fruits plus two to four heaping tablespoons of ground flaxseed. I call that oatmeal plus five plus four. I have a whole 16 or 17 minute long podcast about it that talks about uh, why I've seen success with that and why that is so healthy and why that tends to be very supportive of people losing weight when they consistently eat that. But this study uh, talks about intermittent fasting, which is having longer windows of time between not eating. And there's tons of evidence out there that if we do have longer windows of time, at least some windows of time, that we give our body the chance to repair itself and reduce inflammation. And this study looked at three different groups of people with longer windows, and it concluded that even the shortest windows of not eating had benefit of eating before 8.30 a.m. and sort of suggested that perhaps it makes sense to, if you are following intermittent fasting and you are extending periods of time where you don't eat and you eat in a shorter window, that maybe you want to change your timing to eat breakfast before 8.30 a.m. And then finally, we have a discussion about motivation. In today's world, many of us are having a hard time motivating to exercise or eat well And we just have a few tips that we discuss. So I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. And please, if you're listening and there are topics that you want discussed, even if you are not joining this and you are just listening to the podcast after, please feel free to email me. Take care. It sounds like they may be getting closer to getting those under 16 to be able to get a vaccine. It sounded like Pfizer today was very promising. There was a study that came out for about 2,200 kids ages 12 to 15 today. Yes. And that study showed zero people that got the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine, getting COVID, and, and, but only 16 people or 18 people getting it that were not part of the control group. So it just tells you kids are not getting it a lot, you know? No, I mean, I think the thing is going to be more, I think about it as much as being able to do the, tra- you know, the traveling and then, you know, just other restrict- other restrictions and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah I'm scared. You know, the, the studies came out for Pfizer and Moderna saying 80% effective after the first yeah. shot. I think it's 10 to 12 days later. And then 90%, yeah. now it's 90% effective after the second shot. So it's not 94, 95 anymore. Yeah. It's and, 
you know, it's it's better than the flu shot, which is, you know, and uh, best year is 47 ish percent. Yeah. So having, I am, having said that, I'm still scared of the yeah. I am the one that tends to be with Crohn's, the one out yeah. of 10 that gets something. So I got to be careful. No, I know. So I'm three weeks post second shot, by the way. So great. So you're great. you're I good. Mean, you're 90%. I'm good. Um, my parents had their second shot yesterday. Remember, they had to wait a hundred. They waited. They waited a hundred days. They had to wait ninety days because of COVID. Ah. What's been interesting was they had more, and this is what we've heard. They had more side effects after the first one than the second one. Well, I've heard a lot that people that had COVID, yeah, and then have the first shot is like getting the second shot because they already have some antibodies. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I didn't know about that waiting 90 days or 100 days. Can you tell me about that? So they they, waited, they had to wait 90 days. And then my mom, little Miss Everkill, waited 100. But um, And they got rechecked out by their doctors, too. But, you know, dad had to have remdesivir, the, whatever the injection was, through the hospital that they gave you for five days. So At the hospital. You either had a plasma, you know, had to have plasma treatment or remdesivir. For sure, they said you got to wait 90 days. I think given mom's age and the fact that she'd been in the hospital, they wanted her to wait. They said for her about 60 to 90 days. She wasn't going to do anything until dad was able to do his. So they were sort of on the same schedule, you know. Hold on. I question for you. So was that waiting 90 or 100 days for the first shot or the second shot? The first. First. Okay. So they want you to be clear. So for your dad, it was because he was on remdesivir when he was hospitalized for COVID for five days. And your mom? They just said because she was hospitalized in her age that she should just, since she had the antibodies, they just sort of said, wait, because some some people had had, you know, just a harsh reaction getting it. And mm-hmm. at their age, she still had the antibodies. They were doing fine. So. Mm-hmm. And how old are they? So mom will be 79 in April and dad's going to be 86 in May. And Jim, this is interesting. Um, Dad, you know, they had um, physical therapy was coming to the house, which is not that great. But again, it was getting him moving. Yeah, home care is great. They Well, no, no, no. The best part is now he's got physical therapy out of the house. Like he is going to a facility where they've got a lot more, you know, lighter weights and just some movement and all that good stuff. So he's doing that twice a week. He loves it. And I've said to mom, I don't care if we have to pay out of, I mean, he'll get some more. I mean, he's been doing that since mid about a month now. So I think he's had like two sessions for the past four weeks and they'll, I think he's got it for eight weeks and they're going to plan on doing some additional ones, but it makes him get out of the house, you know, and, and go do something. So that's, that's the great part of that. So what is he doing? He's, he's dry. He drives himself, right? Oh Yeah. He's, he's good now. We still, hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, how are you, Jen? Hey. Um, dad's, do, so we were talking about my soon to be 86 year old father. So he's driving himself. He's fine. But Jim, we got to watch him a little bit in that he moves too fast, you know? And so Drives every too time fast? we think he's good, like the other night, mom said he was walking from the bedroom to the kitchen and he just tripped over his feet and fell. I mean, that's the first time he's fallen since December. He doesn't normally fall, but we're like, slow the hell down, right? I mean, it. Was he hurt? 
most a lot of people, the biggest thing at that age is you break your hip. And when you, uh, stop, no, when you break no, your hip, then you he, stop thank moving. God, no, he did. He did he get a little gash. I mean, like we found out because my brother saw him the next day, the one that lives there. My parents also don't like to tell us when they've That's done nuts. something wrong. Right. No. They lie to us is what we tell them. That's normal course for every family. So Jeff, people in my family can have cancer on my wife's side of the family and nobody tells us. I don't know. You know. Jeff, where are you walking? You look like you're somewhere glorious and sunny. I am on my first real vacation in a year. We're in uh, Orlando, Florida. We nice. just did six days of Disney. Um, and six today was days. the first day of just in a row. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, sort of like, bless you, him. but. <laughs> That's real dedication to the family. That's got to be like one of the top things I've heard of dedication to the family in a long time. Because six Whoa. days. I can't make it more than a day and a half. Oh my god! But I'm sort of saying it's dedication. Getting on this phone and calling you, Jim, at seven thirty or six thirty. Exactly. Wow, Jeff's um, dedicated badger. What do you want? Yeah, I am a dedicated. So it's so funny. So one, some days I wear my Wisconsin stuff. Some says I wouldn't. But dude, there were a lot of Iowa's, Iowa State people, Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, and all I became was go Badgers, go Badgers. And then I was literally on a line surrounded by Ohio State people. I'm like, is anybody there? Did somebody turn out the lights? They were like, yeah, laughing. But uh, it was good. It was, it was, I will give Disney props. I thought for, they were only at 35% capacity. Um, for most of the time we were there, people were spread apart. I wore a mask. I mean, I'm now 100% vaccinated, but I thought it was a pretty good experience. Oh, and uh, just waiting in those lines is a challenge. But what percent of people were wearing, wearing masks there at Disney World? 100, 100, 100% of Disney wearing masks, 100%. Great. They would not, they would, they were, in fact, I took it off to take a sip of water or something to eat or like whatever. They yell at you like, you got to put your mask back on. So I give them a lot of credit. I love to hear that. Yeah, yeah, no, no. They were, they were very solid on the, the masks. I will give them credit. And, um, you know, I haven't heard of any outbreaks there or whatever. So, yeah. so. Uh, and people people were normally pretty good i mean they were like you know wearing their masks so So i got a question for you guys because i am thinking next week i'm going i am missing going to the gym just my routine getting on you know spend i mean i hadn't done it yet i'm fully vaccinated post three weeks at this point i'm really sort of tempted i don't know what you're Hearing, thanking Jim. Have you talked to anybody doing any of that? I, you know. Yeah, I have a lot of people I coach that have been going to the gym for a while, even pre-vaccination. You know, where they're on an elliptical or a treadmill, and then the next one is blocked off, and then there's somebody else yeah. far away. Look, I mean, we know now that right, that's ninety percent effective after the second shot for Pfizer, Moderna, right, and yeah. it's eighty percent after the first shot. You're you're ninety percent. I think I, I would I would be comfortable going to the gym. I, I, I got my second shot on Monday. You know, we have what three or four weeks before, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be wearing a mask for a long time just because of who I am and my Crohn's and I am the, I am the yeah. end of one, but I would go to the gym. I would, once I was where you're at, I would feel comfortable going to the gym. A lot of these places, I think it comes down to like a lot of them have appointments. And so, you know, if you can make an appointment and you can go yeah. and you can distance and you, you'll wear a mask, right? Oh, absolutely. And I got to go check it out too. I mean, look, I've been walking. I'm about to be able to start biking. It's about to get warm again. So I've already got my bike tuned back up just to go on the road. Right. But, um, what would you do uh, when you would go to the gym? What, what's your normal routine when you go to the gym? 
So I would generally get on the um, elliptical for 25 minutes. The rowing machine, I'd gotten up to 10 minutes. I can't do that right now. I'd probably die if you made me try and row for 10 minutes, right? And then I would do um, just some of the weights and bands and the TRX stuff, you know. So, yeah, you know, I'll- probably do about an hour's worth of, of just a variety of things. It's generally what I like to do when I would go. Well, or I, I get a, on a spin bike and go to a spin class. Now, I have not done that in a year. Yeah, I would uh, go check it out and I would see how close they are and I'd see how yeah. serious they are. You yeah. know, I see gyms out here in Orange County, California, where people are inside and they don't have masks and it's yeah. just like there's no pandemic. I would feel less comfortable with that. Welcome to the South is the other problem. So I don't know either, right? Where, where, where are you, Jan? So, Jeff, I live in Nashville. Oh, love that. But it's great. My my parents are in a small town. Y'all, the small towns in Tennessee, I mean, they don't wear masks. The, as soon as the mask mandates are up, they're gone. You know, it's crazy. So we, it's crazy. So we're down here in Florida and I'm vaccinated, but I still wear a mask. We went to dinner at a restaurant. Tables, you know, only 25% capacity is still here, which is pretty good. Inside? But we walked by. Inside. Maybe it was 50%, but there was no one there, so it was fine. We were away from everybody. Like we, we'll take the table the furthest. We'll move if there's somebody cl- even close to us. So we're really good because my biggest concern besides me is my daughter has asthma. She's 11. I really don't need her catching COVID in any way, shape, or form. Right. But what I'm, say- what, I, what I'm saying is we walked by a bar with, uh, with pool tables and darts, and there was no one in there with masks. Like it was, it was scary to me. Like I wanted to go in there and yell, like people, please put on your mask. Or I'll get the shit kicked out of me. But I mean, it's scary. The, the mandates, whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Last time I was on this call, last time we had a conversation about it. But the fourth wave's coming. This thing is not done and over. It is going to be in many shapes and forms for the next year and a half. And yeah, the the how do you say it? Vaccine. This one offers some protection. You're going to need boosters. This thing oh, yeah. is not done. It's not done. It's not done. Uh, I want to talk about that, Jan. I, I would say do your investigation. And if you feel like you have enough space to wear yeah. a mask, remember, getting sick is about load. And the reason that people get sick when they're inside is because there's so much load and it doesn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. And then eventually you breathe it in enough. You're going to get some load into your body. You're going to get yeah. sick. Even even if you have the vaccine, that one out of 10 yeah. is going to get it. Yeah. Having said that, like, it's you know, we cannot underestimate how important it is to exercise. Right. And how important it is to get into a routine. Yeah. And, and if you've fallen out of routine, so many people have, then what's more valuable? Is it getting back into the routine now that you're vaccinated? So, you, you know, you start to build up antibodies. Yeah. I would say that when you start going back, keep it easy. Uh, yeah. Don't go and rip the elliptical. Don't go and rip a spin bike. Keep yeah. it really easy. Yeah. Because no, then you don't weaken your immune system. Yeah, no, that's 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 a good point. No, I think I think you're absolutely right um, on that too. But to Jeff's point, y'all, I'm telling you, the South is horrible for masks right now. I mean, well, I, I see I, it is in, in Orange County too. I see a lot of positive things that are going on as I read about things. The positive thing is that there are very few older people in the hospitals now, which tells you that the vaccines are working, right? Oh, and yeah. the, the younger people are being the ones going in the hospital now because yeah. they have gone back to living the way we just discussed. And secondly, there's a lot of variants going around that are harsher and more deadly. Yeah. Well, and don't take this the wrong way, but there are things we, there was a group of us, um, there were 15 of us in 
13 of us had either been fully vaccinated or had the first one um, on Saturday night. We were in a big outdoor space, but we were together. And we were talking about how it felt so much more freeing, but you know, it was a wine tasting. Well, the things you used to maybe do, and this may gross you all out, you know, I would maybe go fork somebody's dessert. Well, I don't do that anymore, right? I mean, I might take a sip of somebody's interesting wine. Well, I don't do that anymore. I mean, like, I use more damn utensils and glasses than I feel like, I mean, I'm just like wasteful of things because I don't, you know, those are some of like the habits that you used to. I don't know that I'll ever do that. We don't blow out a birthday candle anymore on a cake. We've got those long candles now if we get together and you got to like go away and blow away your candle. I mean, yeah. I don't know if any of that stuff ever changes though again. Not for a while, probably, even though you probably don't get a lot of things there because mostly it comes in through your nose and that's how yeah. you get sick. You know what I mean? They're, they're, I've heard some studies that where they're yeah. starting to develop a nasal spray to try and, you know, kill things right away and they've seen some success there. So they're going to have tons of things to stop yeah. this. They're going to have boosters. I agree with yeah. what Jeff said. It's going to come down to what we've seen all along vaccinations and it you know when we get farther along and a lot of the younger people are going to get vaccinated it's going to come down to those people those there's like a group of ethnicities and a group of uh political party people that are just yeah. saying i'm not going to get vaccinated no matter yeah. what yeah. and that's hard you know i have always struggled with this kind of um people that skip breakfast and this is long before intermittent fasting was around right where people mm-hmm. would skip breakfast and you'd hear people say you know, like breakfast is the most important meal of the day, but then you have different people that have different views. And I don't know what the right answer is, whether it is, you know, do what Truthy does, which she doesn't eat for 16 hours and then she eats in an eight hour window, whether it's what I do, which is, you know, I have breakfast every morning and I have found over the years for me that I am leaner and healthier under the hood and the way I look when I have breakfast. And so I might have 12 hours. It's funny because I always say like the biggest things I see for food consumption are uh, like people eat way too much processed and ultra processed food. Uh, And then when they make a decision to get healthier, what they'll often do is they'll say, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to eat better, but I'm on a diet, so I'm not going to eat as much. And sometimes that means they skip a meal or skip multiple meals or do whatever they do. And then at some they, they do lose some weight initially, but at some point, then their weight plateaus. And I had this one guy I was working with and he lost a bunch of weight, but then he was plateauing and he would not eat until 11 or noon. Right. And then he would do pretty much like 16 hours. And I kept saying to him for a while, maybe you want to try and eat breakfast earlier. Um, And so I thought this, this study was interesting. Has anybody else seen that study? No. No. Um. But I do try and eat breakfast. Um, and, you know, being on the central time zone, Jim, when we, a lot of times when we're with the New York guys on conference calls and stuff, we, we generally start in the central time zone earlier, right? Uh, from an, you know, in the morning. Yeah. Versus New York when they had their commutes, you know, would generally start at like nine or nine thirty New York time. We're starting at eight or eight thirty national time. So, you do get up and get moving, but I generally don't like to go to the gym. I'd rather go work out in the morning before I eat anything. You you do not eat. Like what I usually do is yeah. I use, I like to eat. If I exercise early, I always exercise fasted. There's some evidence that, you know, if you yeah. exercise fasted, you might burn more fat or whatever. 
But like lately, what's happening to me is that I get up, I work New York hours and I can't run until kind of midday New York time. And so I've already been up for three or four hours before I go work out. And I had a run a couple of weeks ago where I was cruising 30 minutes in, felt great, really a jog. And then I had this immense like hunger over me because I just didn't eat enough. And yeah. I had to stop my run and I actually went home. I usually had my food ready to go, ate and uh, felt a lot better right away. And I actually went back out for the last 30 minutes of the run. I'd never done that before. That told me how hungry I was, right? Mm -hmm. And so I have since then, I saw that article. And since then, I've been trying to eat a little earlier. Even if, if, if I get up right away and exercise, I want to do it fasted. But if I've been up for hours, I just can't do it. My, my workouts just aren't as productive either. Right. Shruti, you have a reaction to that? So I, I agree with what you're saying, which is I am a morning person and I used to go run before, um, like first thing in the morning. But I also agree that if I've been up for a couple of hours, there is no way my body is going to, you know, let allow me to go do a run or, or much, too much workout for in that case. So I, I do agree. I mean, if it's if your workout or your run is the first thing you do in the morning, I think your body is well rested and it has enough calories to burn from the previous night's meal. Uh, but if you've been up and about for a couple of hours, uh, it's not going to sustain. That's, I think, yeah. The other thing about breakfast is, I don't think, that, I mean, from where, in general, over the years, I think the, the psychology has been that Breakfast is just something that's your first meal of the day. It's the one that breaks the fast. It doesn't matter if you, if you, I mean, if, if you're routinely eating breakfast at 8.30 or 9, you know, that's, you should just continue doing that. Whatever works for you. It's just, it's just the first meal of the day. And it is certainly important. And I think the focus, like Jim, you've said a number of times before, should be more on sort of the, the nutritional aspect of things that you're eating healthy food, whatever time it may be. And different things work for different people. And that's, uh, that's fine. I, I, but that's, again, my personal opinion. Um, no science to back it up. But <laughs> Jeff, reaction? Um, so a couple things. One is I used to get up and go for a run, eat beforehand, look so hungry. So it'd be fine, right? Um, and then where I, I had the same pain as you did, Jim, like I would go for a run at night and I wouldn't have had dinner yet. And I'm literally on the Manhattan Bridge aching over in so much pain because I'm so hungry, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know, like, I, it, I'll be honest with you, like I want to hit a reset button. So right now my, everything's off. Like if you look at my schedule, everything's off. I want to get back into getting up in the morning, not having breakfast, having water, going out for that run. I don't care if it's only three miles and then coming back and having breakfast. Now the time of breakfast is always varied for me depending on what's going on. So if there is science or, or something before 9am, I would probably try to do that because I typically just start working and then eat breakfast as I'm working in the morning. Yeah, so I found the article and I'm going to read a little bit from it, if that's OK with you guys. Yeah. So 
the best time to eat breakfast according to science. What's the best time to eat breakfast? According to science, when we eat is just as crucial as what we eat. Your morning meal should happen at this time. And I've always believed, kind of consistent with what Shruti said, that what we eat really matters, right? And, you know, if you're going to if you're going to eat before 8.30 a.m. and you're going to eat totally processed or ultra processed food, I'd much rather have you not do that than eat later in the day uh, and eat something healthier, right? Um, but the article says the success of intermittent fasting regimens indicates that when we eat is just as influential as what we eat as far as our overall health is, overall health is concerned. New guidance virtually presented by research at Northwestern University points that eating breakfast before 8.30 a.m. can significantly decrease one's risk for developing type 2 diabetes. Patients with type 2 diabetes have difficulty regulating and utilizing sugar, glucose, as a fuel because they have too much sugar circulating in their bloodstream. Weight, sedentary lifestyles, family history, and fat distribution are the most common risk factors associated with this disease. The authors behind the new report recruited 10,575 adults who took part in um, the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey from a few years back. Each subject was assigned to one of three groups based on their eating habits. Group one, those who ate during a window of fewer than 10 hours, intermittent fasting, so that would be you, Shruti. Group two, those who ate between a window of 10 and 13 hours, and uh, those who ate, those who eating windows were greater than 13 hours a day. There were a bunch of subgroups um, that were created based on everything. And the analysis showed that people who routinely, routinely ate before 8.30 a.m. had lower blood sugar levels and less insulin resistance compared to the rest of the participants who, who were featured in the report. We found people who started eating earlier in the day had lower blood sugar levels and less insulin resistance regardless of when whether they restricted their food intake to less than 10 hours a day or their food intake was spread over more than 13 hours a day. The lead author of the study said, these findings suggest that timing is more strongly associated with metabolic measures than duration and support early eating strategies, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting. And then there's much more stuff. I'll stop there. Any reactions? I like it. I mean, I guess, yeah. you know, so I would like to put in a reminder in my calendar, like all this that you and I talk about, like, if you put in the calendar, you've got to eat before 9 a.m. Like if I got the reminder at eight, eat before nine, right? You know, I, I think I'd habitually start that habit again. Um, so I'm, I, I would do it. You know, I'm in, I mean, I'm, you know, my meal is usually the same. It's the oatmeal, the five fruits, and then the flaxseed. So, you know, that's what I'm usually eating and my coffee. The excerpt that you read out, I mean, that seems um, logical to me, at least. I mean, because I just feel like activity level is much higher <clears throat> earlier in the day. Um, and maybe it translates to metabolism being uh, better at that time. So it kind of makes sense. I wouldn't mind trying it myself. Yeah, it says the reasons staffing these findings were varied. When we commit to extended periods without food, our body begins a cellular repair process in order to make fat cells more readily available for energy. 
Additionally, human growth, human growth hormone levels important to the formation of muscles and the burning of fat also increase, our increase in our blood. Our insulin levels drop and gene expressions advantageously linked to longevity and our immune system become more active. Fasting initiates a biological defense against metabolic disorders while encouraging behavioral deterrence against them. When we fast intermittently, our bodies release a hormone called ghrelin that stimulates a psychological desire in mammals to work harder. In a recent study uh, published by the Journal of Endocrinology, it was determined that intermittent fasting encouraged the recruited, the recruited participants to exercise more regularly by reason of increased amounts of ghrelin in their system in addition to lowering their body mass indexes. With a rise in metabolic disorders such as diabetes, we want to expand our understanding of nutritional strategies to aid in addressing this growing concern. Previous studies have found that time-restricted eating, which consolidates eating to a shortened time frame each day, has consistently demonstrated improvement in metabolic health. So I guess I take this away that there's a lot of advantage to, you know, having windows when we don't eat. And, uh, you know, when I read this and I've done it every day since then, I've tried to eat before 830. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, who knows if 830 is the right number exactly, right? right? But it is consistent with what I have seen over the years. And what I have seen over the years is those people that do have uh, breakfast, most notably the oatmeal plus five plus four, but anything earlier in the day and they don't skip it, seem to lose more weight. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that I say that I see most frequently in people is people eat too much high processed food. People think they're on a diet when they're eating healthy. So they under eat. And that's where the under eating comes in. Right. Um, and they don't get enough plants into their body. So and plant, it's about getting I think people they say there's a lot of evidence that you get 30 plants into your body or more a week. That's much healthier for your gut bacteria. And it is all about your gut bacteria. I'm reading a book right now by Stephen Gundry, he had a book called The Plant Paradox, where he said even eating certain plants uh, were not good for you in the past. And he's a guy who studies um, the stress, he's a doctor and the guy who studies the stress on the body and how so many of us just have no energy and are tired all the time. And he's written a new book called The Energy Paradox. And I'm listening to it right now and it's pretty interesting. And, And he talks extensively about uh, how so many of us are fatigued and have such low energy and, you know, uh, have different blood levels that are bad, have, and it, it really, he boils it down to inflammation and he boils it down to the gut bacteria. And he says, you know, when we're healthier and we're eating better and we're doing the things we need to do following the different pillars of health that we reduce inflammation. And when we reduce inflammation, then we tend to have lower, obviously lower inflammation in our body and we tend to be healthier. Anybody read that book? Either of those books by Gundry? Mm-mm. He's reading his current no. book, which I like a lot. It's pretty interesting. I'm not done with it yet. So I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you what I think of it. So um, my issue right now is motivation and um, scheduling. I mean, it's just, you know, I'm working these 12-hour days and I'm exhausted. And it's really even like a 30-minute run or, you know, 40-minute run has been a challenge for me. And I'm wondering how everybody is like handling, you know, just life, you know what I mean? Like life versus exercise, which I know is important because we don't want to get sick, but then to keep our immune system healthy. But I'm just, I'm really struggling with that this week for sure. This week anyway. I'll just say a few things and I love Justin and Shruti answer the question before I do, but um, I'll say that what you're enduring and going through right now, Cheryl, I'm seeing in almost everybody. 
whether I coach them or just talk to them, I've coached them in the past. I'm, it's pretty prevalent this time of year. I can't figure out why. I don't know if it has uh, something to do with just fatigue from COVID or just the time of year. Um, so it's very normal uh, what you're going through. I was texting with a guy I used to coach today and he sent me this amazing article about this entrepreneurial deal that he just got into. Um, he actually started texting me last night saying, Hey, I kind of fell off. I got to get back at it. I've gained a bunch of weight and I need to prioritize my health more. And he, and he, and he said something to me, which I thought was interesting. He said, um, I think a lot of people, myself included, are focused on sacrificing health today for health tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Right. I think a lot of people, myself included, are focused on sacrificing health today for health tomorrow. And I said, yeah, I, I, I call it the tomorrow syndrome, you know, and but everybody deals with that. Right. And, and, and I think um, the the key is people have to figure out how to prioritize health high enough, high enough on their list that they figure out how to do something at least consistently. And uh, it doesn't have to be every day, but it's got to be consistent. Cheryl, you're never going to be the type of person that's not going to do something. You do something pretty consistently, but it's hard, right? Uh, sometimes to do stuff. And I'll pause there and see if Justin or Shruti has any comments about motivation. Hey there. <clears throat> I totally hear you. And I've been on that road on and off a lot of times and sometimes it's just you know and honestly I think I think I was doing reasonably okay till about December and ever since um, the start of the year it's gotten extremely hard and I think it's more because we've spent so much time in this pandemic and it's partly the fatigue of this whole situation but uh, you know, you just have to see what works for you. And for me, I actually, you know, Jim's app helps me a lot. Even some days when, you know, I'm kind of feeling a little bit, you know, oh, should I, shouldn't I? And then I'm like, okay, I need to get my steps in to see something that works for you. Anything that, you know, even if it's not very, uh, you know, it's, if it's not the motivation of actually doing the exercise, it's just, uh, targets set yourself targets and that's some somewhat works for me so yeah that's all I can say yeah Cheryl I would say don't be too hard on yourself like it's okay to take a day off like you did today you know um, I, I think it comes down to planning like years ago before I was a health coach and before I really changed my life and just it has to be part of my life now and I just do something every day I remember getting, I wouldn't work out in the morning. I'd get home from work. It'd be like a little late, but you know, I get home and you have this sometimes and I would sit down on the couch and I know once I sit down on the couch, I'm dead. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I have a rule. <laughs> I have a rule that if I'm in that scenario and I have not got my workout in yet today, I, when I get home, I will not sit down. I will plan and I will say, okay, if I haven't laid my clothes out and everything, I'm going to get home. I'm going to put my shorts on. I'm going to put my t-shirt on and I'm going to do something, whether it's strength in the apartment or I'm going to go for a run or I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do something. I'm not going to sit down because once I sit down, I am dead. Right. And a lot of it comes down to mindset. And I think a lot of it does come down to planning. Now, you, the good thing about you, even though you're working crazy days right now, is at least you kind of know when it's going to be. It, it is somewhat predictable. 
And so you just have to be really good to force yourself to do stuff in the windows. And you usually do that, but it's not always the case, right? And sometimes yeah. I know where you, you'll schedule a doctor's appointment or PT or something, and then maybe you overschedule yourself. Like you already schedule yourself more than most human beings. You and I have talked about this a lot, right? But sometimes you got to do it. That's your career, right? And so if you are, you're already doubling up these days, you know, last few days, you've got your stuff in, right? So if you don't get your stuff in some days, that's fine. Just accept it. Just realize that I think You've, you've hit the last two days, right? So today you took a day off. Yeah. That's fine. Wait, I, I was going to do straight today and I just, my, my body was just tired. My brain was tired. And I just, you know, I got involved in like research and, you know, I just, it's, it's, it's not a perfect world. And I think it's, you know, not to make this about me on the call, but, um, you know, I, I signed up for this 70.3 Ironman, this half Ironman in Arizona. And I, I mean, I'm doing it. It's, it's happening. I just have to figure out how to go through days like today where I have no energy and I'm just, my body's just tired. You know, I, just, I can't uh, wait to go to sleep tonight. I see these people uh, that overschedule themselves. They are type A personalities or A plus. I'm an A. Justin's going to say, no way, Jim, you're an A plus. Trust me. I am not an A plus. <laughs> right. I'm because an A. a I'm a, definitely you're an A. A plus people. A plus people, they're not going to allocate their time to health every day the way that I do it. They're just not because they're going to have some, too many other things that are going to trump health, their career, or whatever, like my friend said. Right. So, you know, I, I just think that you just got to do the best you can and accept your situation. You'll be fine for your 70.3. You've done a lot of triathlons before. The only thing is from a swimming perspective, you got to do some swimming so that you don't get the Charlie horse cramps in the water when you're you know, doing the race, right? That's the only thing about, in my opinion, for training for that is if you don't train your leg muscles, you will get those Charlie horses and then it is miserable, right? And, and when you get those Charlie horse cramps that go all the way through, not only are you dead on the rest of the swim, you're dead on the bike and you're dead on the run. So you got to do some training, right? So you got to figure out how to get some training in there. The bike, you'll, you'll be fine on the bike and the run, you could run walk it, right? So it's just about consistency and it's about figuring out how to schedule stuff so they can get things in and not being too hard on yourself when you don't hit things every day. You know, you have enough mm -hmm. experience and, and muscle memory that you'll be fine. And, 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 and the problem is that 70.3 is a long way. So sometimes you do have to double up on strength and one of the events. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, it's hard. Like, you know, everybody in, in, in your group, everybody you coach Jim is like professional. We're older. We have careers. Like, you know, this is, you know, these races or workouts or whatever is not a hobby, but it's, you know, it's a passion or whatever it is. And so for me, like, you know, it, it's just trying to find that balance. I think it's, it's been a challenge definitely for some weeks versus other weeks. Yeah. And um, I believe in putting ourselves in a position to win and you do something that I think is really important. You take your gym bag everywhere. When I am in New York City and I'm going between my job, I have my gym bag ready. I'm ready to work out at any point in time because my schedule can always change. I also want to put myself in a position in my home environment where I have something in my apartment that can serve as something to get my exercise heart rate up. Now, strength you can always do, but like whether it's an elliptical machine or a Peloton or both, you know, what I mean, it's just something so that I can make. I can give myself a better chance of getting my exercise in. We just got one of those freestanding elliptical things that Marlene got from work. 
which I haven't installed yet. It doesn't have a board on it or anything, but it's just, it'll be interesting to see if that thing is good or not. Anybody ever try one of those? They're probably like two or 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. I haven't, no. Can you send me the link to it? I will. Sure. I'll, try, I'll try it out first. And then that might be something you can get. That what I do is I just make sure that when I'm overscheduling myself, I allow myself some time for myself. Now you have, it's different. My career is different than your career, right? But I have unpredictability. You know, I can get a call right now and I could be working all night on a pitch for something tomorrow. It just could happen, right? Whereas you have some more predictability. So you just got to figure out how you fit things in and the predictability. And I think it all comes down to this. It comes down to like, I think about this. I know, uh, Shruti, you've been using my email alerts. Cheryl, you started using the email alerts. We'll talk about those in a second. But when I, I'm writing up a summary, like, and I'm going to blast it out to some people talking about what, what's there, what's the purpose, why is movement so important? And it really comes down to people have to believe that they do need to live healthy, right? That they do need to exercise, that they do need to move, that they do need to sleep, that they do need to eat well. And what are the reasons for that? Like, why do we need to do those things? And if people buy into the concept of, yeah, I, gotta, I do have to move more because I am going to live longer and I am going to move my muscles and I am going to have a better quality of life. And, and same for all the different pillars. Well, when, when people buy in, right, that, you know, then, then it's like, okay, well, how do I execute? And it's really, what am I plan? What is my plan? And then how do I execute? Right. So I recognize that I need to do it. I agree with the concept. I agree with the pillars. Mostly I agree that I don't have to do them all the time, but yeah, one has to recognize and believe in it to execute it because it's funny. I, I, I talked to some people about this movement chart, which is these emails that are going around. I send it around and then, you know, people were kind of like, oh, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'm not. These are people that I talk to that believe in this stuff when I talk to them. But when I send it to them and I'm not right in front of them, they're like, well, maybe I'm not that bought in. And that's fine. You don't you know, then, then you're not going to do it. You know, it's, it, I, I know somebody where she won't spend one minute setting one thing up. So she'll get she'll get these alerts, even though she wants them, even though what I created was partially based on a conversation I had with her. But she's and if she's not willing to spend that one minute, it just tells me she doesn't really buy in. She doesn't really believe she doesn't want it bad enough. You know, and, then, and that's fine. I think you're bought in. Um, but sometimes you have stuff that gets in the way. You don't have to be perfect. You know, my goal is to work out like right six days a week, maybe seven. And it never happens. And I think that for me, as somebody that's very type A and very driven and you know, like always wants to hit my targets, hit my goals. If I, if I say that I'm going to work out six days this week and I only work out five, I get frustrated. Like, oh man, I only did five days this week. Like I, I lost, you know, See, I, that, I, didn't win I would change days. your mindset. See, I look at it the exact opposite way, which is I got four or five days in and those two days are fine because otherwise I could have seven days off and not have anything. Right. So I try and take the positives out of these things not the negatives, right? So I don't beat myself up if I miss something. I just try and do it the next day, you know? It's a it's yeah. a mindset. I think it's a mindset thing. But don't you work out like pretty much six or seven days a week, Jim? I mean, oh, you're I mean, kind I, of- Every day. I mean, I had a 500-day streak. I found out I had a tumor <laughs> in my gallbladder and now I have a 102-day streak, you know? I, I have to do it, I, you know? There's also Jim and then there's the rest of us. <laughs> Well, Justin has seen Justin. Justin grew up with me, and Justin has seen me sick. 
Justin knows what I've been yeah, through. And Just, I don't have allergies anymore. I mean, I've had such severe allergies. Justin has seen me be so that's sick amazing. that I can't even open my eyes because you change your gut bacteria when you eat healthy. Right. And I'm not going back to where I was before. You know, I might die tomorrow from my heart, but in, I'm going to try and be as healthy as I can until then. You know? Yeah. And there's no way that you're right. If, if, if we were in the same position, we would have more motivation. You right? have more it's motivation. To, it's in, and if you're, your job, I'm sure is extraordinarily demanding and stressful oh, family life. And, totally. you know, that's hard. And we, every, I think everybody struggles with this, you know, everybody, I mean, it's just so difficult unless we quit our jobs, you know, and I'm going to be a marathon you know, I'm going to do um, ultra marathons, but until then, I got to work and family and and if I can see when I when I hear in. that though, when I hear that, Justin, I say to myself, finding in training, I never want you in the middle. I want you to be super easy or super hard. Nothing in the middle. In life, I want you to be in the middle. You know, what I mean, I'm an extreme person. Mm-hmm. Most of us are an extreme person. See, Jeff just joined. He's an extreme person. We're all extreme people, right? But what <laughs> for life, right? For health. If we're not living in the middle, then we're going to constantly be doing what the guy emailed me today about. He's going to be running his career and he's going to be saying, I'm going to do something tomorrow. He's going to gain 30 pounds. He's going to, you know, be sick until he can figure out how to do it. And then what will happen is he'll be so extreme that maybe he'll let his work fall down. The true thing that we're trying to do is trying to live in the middle so we can balance all of these things, but just include health. It's like that guy, Sanjay Gupta. I keep seeing it. He says, he says, I do something every day, no matter what. You know what I mean? That's me. I do something every day, no matter what. But I am willing to say to my company or anybody, I don't talk about it. I just do it. Right. But if I had to and I never talk about it because people will judge me, I just figure out how to manage my calendar to get something in no matter what. Now, I've been in the hospital so many times I have to do it. But somebody should set a goal and say, you know what, Justin, your goal would be I got to do it three days a week. That's good enough for you. You know what I mean? Three days a week is a B on my app, four days on my app is an A of exercise. Cheryl, I sent you your grades over the last week. Cheryl does her reporting all the time. Yeah. And you still had A's yeah. and B's on exercise. You saw that, right? Uh, yeah. You did. I know. <laughs> yeah, I did. Because four That's days good. is enough. Four days is enough. I know you want seven. I want 500, I want seven. right? I want but, seven. Yeah. You just got to do the best to figure out how you can fit things in and accept when you can't, you know? Mm. Well, the career, the career helps right. me, uh, you know, pay the rent. <laughs> That's right. The career helps you pay the rent, and yeah. just don't be so hard on yourself. You're doing great. Just you gotta, yeah. Maybe you take the advice of don't let yourself sit down and get yourself comfortable or whatever. And mindset is so important for your training. And I care much more about your health. Everyone on this phone, I care much more about your health than any any race or anything else. You know, I've come to this over coaching people for ten years. So that's what I want from people to be healthy. And then if you need to use races or other things as motivation, use them.